0: Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fellow redeemed, prior to the gospel for this day, St. Luke writes for us that tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus. And the reason for this is that they were repenting of their sins. They desired the forgiveness in life that only Jesus could give. This is certainly incredible news, wonderful news. And yet the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled. They said, This man, Jesus, receives sinners and eats with them. And so it is that Jesus tells them three parables that reveals God's desire to seek and to save lost sinners. The first two parables are that of the lost sheep and the lost coin. And the third is that which we hear in the gospel for this day. Now this parable is often referred to as the parable of the prodigal son, and yet, it could probably be more accurately called the parable of the prodigal sons, plural. Right? For there are two sons. The man had two sons. Or even better yet, the parable of the loving father. For the father is really the main character throughout this entire parable. So Jesus begins this parable by saying, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of my property that is coming to me. Now if you know anything about an inheritance, you know that it's freely given as a gift. You don't do anything to earn it. You don't do anything to work for it. It's freely given. And second, an inheritance is given at the point of death. And so this son, demanding his inheritance while his father is alive, well, he's in fact saying to his father, I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead right now so that I could have all the stuff. And to our surprise, the father divides his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. How painful it has to be to hear of a wayward child, to think of a loved one who was raised in a loving and caring home, who was taught to know right from wrong and then sins by turning away from their Father's love must be painful. Unfortunately, we see this in the baptized as well. Baptized children of God sin. They turn away from their heavenly Father's love. Instead of setting their minds on things above, they set their minds on earthly things. Things that are temporal. Things that will eventually fade away. Ultimately, they don't love God. They just want His stuff. That is the earthly blessings that He gives to us for Christ's sake. And so, having gathered all that He had, the younger son took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered the property in reckless living. So where is it exactly did the younger son sin in all of this? Now surely he sinned by indulging in the passions of the flesh and squandering all the possessions that he had. Yet I would say even worse than that, he sinned by squandering the father's law. The money, the goods, the possessions... The land, the house were all the result of the father's love. And it's here in the parable where we see that things start to begin to go downhill for this younger son. With all of his money gone, severe famine arose in the country. And he began to be in need. He's so desperate for food and money that he hired himself out to be a citizen of that country. And he was sent into the field to feed pigs. Here we get a picture of a man who's hit rock bottom.
1: A man so
0: desperate that he's willing to eat pig slop. However, even that wouldn't satisfy the deepest desires of his heart. It's at this point where the younger son was brought to his senses. Jesus says, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. Now, what exactly called the younger son back to his father. What was the father's love? If the younger son saw his father as bitter, as unloving, as a cruel man, do you think he would have gone back to his father? By all means, no. son remembered his father's love. He remembered how well he was treated and how well his father treated his servants. And so it's the father's love that draws the son back home. Though redeemed, while God's law brings about the knowledge of sin, true confession of sin is worked in us by God's love for sinners. If we're confronted only with God's law, we would be driven either to despair or pride. Yet it's the gospel, the Father's undeserved love for sinners that calls us to confess our sins. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son or your daughter. This is true for every single baptized Christian. We daily sin much, acting at times like this younger son. We're not worthy to be called sons of God. And yet what the younger son failed to realize, and what you need to realize this day, and every day of your life, is that confession of sins is only the first part of confession. Right? Think of what the small catechism says. Confession has two parts. First, that we confess our sins. And second, that we receive absolution. That is, forgiveness. So you can imagine this son in the parable, full of anxiety and fear as he heads home, must have been reciting in his head over and over again, Father, I have sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Father, I have sinned. Father, I have sinned. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Do you see the father's love here? The father's been waiting for his son. He's been longing for his son to return. His love for his son never stopped, even when his son went away. He goes out running to him. He embraces him. He kisses him. Even before the son utters a single word. This is the love that drew the son back home. Now, eventually, the son is able to confess his sin to his father. He says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father allows his son to confess this truth. Father, I have sinned against heaven. Yes, this is true. Father, I have sinned against you. Yes, this is also true. Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Yes, this is also true. And yet, notice the father doesn't allow his son to say, treat me as one of your hired servants. The younger son falsely believed he had to earn his father's love, his father's favor, to work back in, work his way back into the family. And yet the father wouldn't allow his son to say this. He wouldn't allow his son to offer a payment for sin. Because there's only one payment for sin. And that is the death of Jesus on the cross. And the forgiven son receives grace upon grace. The father removes his filthy His son's filthy rags and clothes him with a best robe. He places on his hand a ring and engraved with a family crest, indicating his status as a son. He places on his feet sandals, the footwear of a free man and not a slave. The father slaughters the fattened calf, indicating that the whole community is invited to share and to celebrate in the return of the Son. For the Son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. For when the lost are found, when the dead are alive again, there has to be celebration. There has to be rejoicing. And yet, we get here and we think that this should be the end of the parable. And yet we're reminded that there is another son, for this man had two sons. Now this older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound but he was angry and refused to go in. The older son refused to go in to the celebration and rejoice all on account of sinful pride. Where the younger son wandered off and indulged in the sins of the flesh, This son stayed home and worked hard. The older son served his father and never disobeyed any of his father's commands. He believed he should be rewarded, given a higher status in the family, based upon his works. He saw himself more as a servant, not a son. And how much do we see ourselves in this older brother? Do you see your service in God's kingdom as enslavement, a gloomy but necessary bargain you've struck with God? Do you agree to do this and give up that in order to receive some sort of reward from God before you die? The father in our parable had two lost sons. The younger son squandered the father's love in covetousness, adulterous, self-indulgent living. And the older son squandered the father's love in pious, self-righteous living. He trusted in his works. Yet do you see the father's love for his older son, who's lost in sinful pride, The father doesn't leave the celebration to go out and yell at his older son for pouting. He doesn't knock him around and tell him to get out of his sight. No, the father goes out to him in love. He deals gently with him, addressing him as a son. And he reminds him of this truth. You are always with me. And all that is mine Is yours. He tells them. It's fitting to celebrate. His brother. Who was dead. And is alive. Who is lost. And is found. And that's how the parable ends. While the younger son. Is saved in his father's love. We're left to wonder. Well, What becomes of this older brother. Does the older brother stay outside? Does he go inside? Does he repent of his sinful pride and go inside to celebrate and rejoice over his brother who is lost and is found? Well, this much is certain. The father has enough love for both of his sons. If the older brother is lost, well, it's because he resisted the father's love fellow redeemed, the parable of the prodigal sons, or yet the parable of the loving father, your Jesus would have you see the heavenly father's love for you. His wayward sons. For the times you despair of your sins, when you're led to believe that you'll never be accepted by the father for squandering his love, On your sinful flesh. While you're still a great way off. Our heavenly father comes running. To save you. To embrace you. To forgive you all of your sins. And he doesn't kill a fattened calf for you. He offers up his son. On the cross for you. While you were still a sinner. Jesus became the chief of sinners. Taking your sins upon himself so that you might become a beloved child of God. And in the waters of holy baptism, he clothes you. He robes you, gives you the robe of Christ's righteousness. He declares you to be his beloved son, his beloved daughter. And with all the angels and saints, he rejoices. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. (laughs) To those of you tempted with pride, who think you earn your place in God's house through your own efforts, who are troubled when lost sinners are welcomed back into the Father's house, your Heavenly Father would call you to repent of your pride and rejoice in His love. For sinners, they all have the same forgiveness as you do. They're sons of the Heavenly Father as you are. They're not servants, of, servants or slaves, but sons. Everything that the Father has is yours. And this isn't because you've earned it or deserved it by your own hard work. It's because your brother Jesus died for you on the cross. And in his death and resurrection, he's delivered to you all the gifts of heaven. Forgiveness, life, salvation. Fellow redeemed, see what kind of love the Father has given to us. He doesn't want servants. He wants sons. And through the blood of Christ, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if the son, then an heir to the kingdom of heaven. God be praised. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, are